This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras and Jim Toth on 680-CJOB. Welcome to the show. Tons to get to today, Jim. Action-packed program. Action-packed Thursday. Kyle Connor of the Winnipeg Jets is going to be joining us right after 1230. So looking forward to having that conversation with KC. Fresh off the practice ice. That's right, yes. Is practice ice different than game ice? Yes, it is. It sure is. It sure is. One's, time, one's called game ice, the other one's called practice now ice. Now you know. Uh, Connor, of course, staying out there in line with uh, Shifley and Ayafalo, Perfetti, Nemestikov, Ehlers, Niederreiter, Lowry, Appleton, all those staying the same. Uh, with Rasmus Kupari uh, going down, that changed the fourth line a little bit. Uh, Gustafson going back to center, uh, Morgan Barron, uh, as well as Axel Janssen, Fialbi, who was called up on an emergency uh, from the Manitoba Moose. Uh, defense staying the same, Stanley rotating in. And a quick uh, note, Gabe Velarde did skate on his own again prior to Jets practice today. Um, he was with the team yesterday in a non-contact, just skills. There was um, no, there was uh, uh, just they, they, nobody wants a setback here. So he was skated by himself today. He was with the team yesterday, uh, but his um, the uh, the horizon for his return has stayed the same. It's 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 rising. The it's sun is starting to come up on his return. Yeah. And we already, before we go live to the Great Cup, we have one of the greatest Great Cup clips of all time quotes from our own Derek Taylor, who talked to Kenny, or I don't know if he talked to him, but well, somebody asked Kenny I don't, Lawler. I don't know if, if Greg Mackling, co-host of the start and part of the Blue Bomber football coverage team uh, down in Hamilton for Great Cup uh, 110, of course, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers' fourth straight trip. Uh, Bombers reports, Great Cup reports are brought to you by Perfect Landscape Construction, your family-owned and operating commercial landscaper since 1977. Did you see that tweet uh, from our very own Derek Taylor here on 680 CGOB, Greg Mackling? Yes. Do you have the? Do you have audio of this? This is like this is prime time. This is the sort of thing that rivalries start with. I, you know what? I have it here. I got a six, 17 minute clip, and I wasn't able to pull it, but I will. I'll pull it some point during the show. I will. I will. I will find it. Uh, but in case you're wondering what it is and you're listening right now, uh, <laughs> DT uh, speaking to Kenny Lawler following Winnipeg Blue Bomber practice at Tim Hortons Field. Uh, he Lawler, when asked if he would have advice for a player who's going to free agency, he said, yeah, don't go to Edmonton. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, the reason we need the clip on this is because it was it, like, yeah, don't go to Edmonton. Or was it, yeah. Don't go to Edmonton. What's the tone? We the need tone. to know the tone. The tone is what I hear a lot at home, and I'd like to hear the tone of Kenny Lawler now. Greg Mackling, your thoughts? I think uh, tone is insinuated here. It's implied, and I think it's open to interpretation until we hear it, which makes it way more fun. Maybe don't pull the audio. I think it's way <laughs> more entertaining to imagine in your own mind how Kenny Lawler may have said it. Yeah, so, let's just take it out of context. Thing. Yeah, you're right, Greg. We'll take it out of context. Perfect. Yeah. Don't go to Edmonton. Right? <laughs> it's like telling kids not to start smoking. Yeah. Don't Hold start smoking or go to Edmonton. Prevent forest fires. <laughs> exactly. Uh, things really getting going today with the Great Cup festivities and the CFL Awards. Uh, some bombers up for uh, some uh, some awards today, uh, GMAC. Yeah, a little bit of hardware. I suspect at least one award mm-hmm. coming the Blue Bombers way. Like if you're nominated for most outstanding player overall, isn't it sort of a guarantee that you're going to win most outstanding Canadian? We're talking about Brady Oliveira, of course. So I think you can lock that up. I think Brady's mom can dust off the shelf for the mantle or wherever that's going to go. 
and uh, that's locked in. Whether Brady receives the most outstanding player overall, I think that's up in the air. Most people feeling that Chad Kelly's going to get that quarterback of the Argos. Too bad they didn't do the voting on that award on, say, Sunday morning <laughs> instead of before the playoffs. Well, here's the thing, though. I know that everybody and, and you and, and uh, Derek Taylor who are there and most people I'm reading for the past three weeks about it think that Chad Kelly's going to win this award. I don't know. I And I don't know because Doug Brown and I had a great conversation of, like he said, if it was MVP, it would be Brady's. And what he meant by that was he said, look at how many games Brady Oliveira has won for the, the Bombers or closed out in the last eight minutes of a fourth quarter. And I add in the fact that Chad Kelly, starting with the game here with six weeks left in the regular season, didn't play a ton. They still won 16 games. They went 16 and two, but I'm with you on that whole notion. I was just voicing what people are saying, right? You have impactful and you have important. And I think you could argue that Brady is the most impactful player for his team. I think some people will still argue Zach Caleras is the most important player on the team, but this is about outstanding performance this year. So who had and the most outstanding performance? Else has done. Who had and the most outstanding exactly. performance, Chad Kelly or Brady Oliveira? Well, I'm with you, Jim. Yeah, I know. But sanity's not going to reign supreme on this one. <laughs> no, it's not. You're going to have a little bit of bias. People are going to, oh, the Bombers cleaning up in the awards. It's kind of getting boring. Let's try and find the next thing. It's like how many NHL coaches that should win the Jack Adams as a top coach don't get that because there's some sort of fickle, you know, writers who say, ah, nah, they, they already have enough recognition. Let's pick the guy that, that had the most improved team this year. Yeah. And so that, yeah. that's what's happened to some of these awards. Sorry, I'm rambling now. No, 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 no you're, you're totally right because that's what it is. It's not about it's not about coach of the year. The Jack Adams isn't for coach of the year. It's most improved team, really, at the end of the day, and then that all gets thrown uh, onto the coach. Um, the contract for Kyle Walters. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about this. He said uh, earlier this week that if if he had if it was up to him, uh, he would have re-signed uh, in the off season. He still is without a contract here, and I I can and of course I don't have a crystal ball here. I can't imagine that Kyle Walters is not going to be the general manager of this team next year. I, I I just think that wholeheartedly. I mean, what's your take on that, Greg? There is a but. There is a however here, and that's that CFL teams operate under a salary cap. And there's a salary cap that applies to coaches and to their executive as well. And a lot of teams are moving to a model where their coaches are the coach and the general manager. And Mike O'Shea, we're talking legend status here, is are the Blue Bombers at a point where they want to give Mike O'Shea all-powerful, you know, veto power, uh, ability to sign the players that he wants. I think that might be part of what's going on here. That might be part of the answer. So Kyle Walters deserving to be here in Winnipeg and, you know, until mm-hmm. people don't want him here. However, there, uh, there might be something else at play here. That's just the other side of the story as I see it. Yeah. I look guys, I think Mike O'Shea got a hefty raise last year and deserved it. Yeah, Kyle Walters deserves it. Yes, Ted Gavaya, Danny McManus deserve it. Yes. The problem is, is 
there's that salary cap at the front office. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't even know if you can give them both what they deserve and get rid of McManus and Gavaya, um, even if you wanted to, which they don't, if that fits. And so I I don't know. And, and I don't know if Mike O'Shea wants to GM, to be honest with you. It's something that over the years yeah. when I've talked to him about it, he has not. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, that's... I love the salary cap in the front office, by the way, in the CFL, because it prevents the Saskatchewans and the Edmontons of the world from paying guys a million dollars a year to GM for them when other teams can't afford a hundred thousand a year for their GM or or I don't know what they make, but yeah. So I, I don't know. This is ominous to me because I essentially think Kyle Walters, I don't even think if he, if he stayed at the same salary can come back because of Mike O'Shea's bump last year. Right. Well, well, you know, and here, you know, you talk about Gavia and you talk about McManus and they're so good at unearthing all yes. these players in the States. Right. And Kyle Walter is obviously a Supreme judge of Canadian talent as well. So, I mean, this formula is working, uh, but uh, yeah, there, there's another factor in here. There has to be another factor uh, of some sort. Otherwise this would have been done by now. Yeah. yeah and, and I would think that like, I, I mean, is there a way you could... But the other thing about this is I think Danny McManus is ready to be a GM. Does he want to move to Winnipeg full-time? Well, that's, that's the problem, probably, right? And and that's, that's what I think... probably what you'd have to or, do. Or some other team or any, something. Any team that hires him, he would have to move to that city and live there. And I right. think that they enjoy coming in and out. I think they enjoy the scouting aspect of it because of what's going on with the other parts of their lives. But they've both interviewed for GM positions before. Yeah. Um. So it's just... Like I, I said, I, I don't I don't know. Like I need some more insight on this because if Kyle Walters even got a ten percent raise, would that even fit? I and if it would, I wonder if he would stay for that and stuff. But look, if he does not come back for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, I think people will be fired in other organizations to make room for him. One hundred percent. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I another wild card, guys, and that's Buck Pierce. Buck, Buck Pierce, Pierce and ready to be a, a, a head coach. And do the Bombers want to, you know, do everything they can to keep him here? Or do they just kind of let him go and do that if he gets that opportunity? Like, there's lot, that, yeah. this is the problem with, with creating, I'm going to use the D word now, creating a dynasty. Just yes. look back at all the coaches that came from Edmonton from the late 70s, early 80s. Cal Murphy, Ray Yock, two examples that ended up here in Winnipeg and building Pretty yeah. good teams in our town. And Sorry, guys. It, no, no, you're so, no, you're no, so you're right because I, they're part of the issue of why this is such a tight cap and it doesn't fit for everybody and, and, is because Michael Shea got a hefty raise last year, but so did the offensive coordinator. See, so the defensive coordinator. And when those numbers keep going up year after year, or, or not year after year, but contract yeah. after contract, so now all of a sudden the, the squeeze is in. It's, it's, it's Michael, the Andrew it's, Kopp of the, the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah, We'd love to keep you, but it doesn't fit. It's Michael Couture not being able to come back right. last year. It's Rasheed Bailey having to take a, a pay hit because you know they just weren't able like to Buck give him Pierce the raise. Got a bump, just, and so well, did Richie Hall. What's happening right now in the front office with the Bombers is what has been going on with the players for yes. a couple of years now. So, Anyways, uh, sport, uh, the Winnipeg Great Cup report brought to you by Harvest Honda and Steinbeck, where it's always worth the trip harvesthonda.com gmac have fun tonight okay okay is that a is like is that a command an instruction or what, however you want to take it yeah all right okay yeah. I'll, I'll do it then it's okay. it's right from our front office that can afford you to go have a good time tonight okay you guys just send the note to heather and to brett yes uh, 
Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. So tomorrow when we get a call tomorrow perfect. and say, where is Macklin? It's now 8 a.m. and no one's heard from him. I'm like, <laughs> I'll just say, check Niagara Falls. <laughs> That'll be a, just a really a great sign that things went really well for me. You, you, the brass, told him to go have a good time. Stay out of the barrels, Greg. And Stay I, out of the barrels. I think he had a great time. It's not a good idea. And staying away from the falls, boys. I promise okay, you that. Awesome. Let's take, take a picture, though. Send it to us. Yeah. Let's take a break. Let's come back on the other side. I'm going to find that clip from Kenny Lawler. We'll play that. We'll find the exact quote. Uh, but coming out of here, a team on the move in baseball. What's going on there? And Kyle Connor is going to join us right after the 1230 News. Don't go anywhere. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. Well, multiple sources saying that MLB is a voted to approve the relocation of the Oakland Athletics. They'll be going to Vegas. The A's will be the first MLB team to relocate since the Expos did it in 2005, moving to Washington. You have any thoughts on that, Jim? Ten seconds? Yeah, I, I think it's a great move. And saying that, I honestly, I don't like the A's. I never have. I'm not a Hayes fan. And, and as an Astros <laughs> fan, like I the detest team. them. Yeah. I don't like their colors. I don't like their – but, but it, it, they have such tradition. It's sad. It yeah. really is. But it's not working there. You, you, so go get a stadium. Go to Vegas. Thrive. You can't play baseball at the Oakland Coliseum. You can't do anything at it. You can't no. do anything there anymore. Somewhere Billy Bean's driving around that old industrial park in Oakland with that CD playing in his truck. I should have gone to Boston. Kyle Connor will be with us when we come back. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. 204-780-6868. 204-780-6868. Very excited to welcome our uh, guest onto the program here, Jim. Yeah, it's been a while. I think it was when he won the... Selkie Award, the last time we've had him on. It wasn't the Selkie, it was the Lady Bing. The Lady Bing, yeah. sure. Well, I'm going to give him a Selkie this year, the Lady Bing Award. Kyle Connor joins us now. Kyle, I'm sorry I got your, your National Hockey League Award wrong. Oh, good. How are you guys doing? I'm doing well. Thank you. Yeah. I think he forgives you. Um, he doesn't. He doesn't. Care. You already got two. Yeah. You, already got, you already got two penalty minutes. You getting a little worried, Kyle? <laughs> yeah, I wasn't aware of that. Uh, someone informed me of that the other day. I guess it was at the end of the Vegas game. I slashed someone apparently, or yeah. So we'll see. But no, it doesn't uh, doesn't change my game any anyway. This this way or the other, whether trying to get tally minutes for a lady being or not, it's in the back of my mind. So far, it's back of my mind. You didn't slash anyone in Vegas. You fell at the end of the game. That was a bad call. I saw the whole thing. I saw the whole thing. Um, Thirteen goals, twenty points, Kyle. Obviously, second star of the week last week. Um, pretty happy with the way you started the season. Yeah, I'd say so. Um, yeah, really happy with, you know, personally our line and um, even the team overall. You know, even straight from training camp uh, to the first, you know, 10 games a year in the last five, I thought, you know, as a team. And, you know, speaking overall for myself as well, we just continue to get better. Um, you know, continue to work on our power plays getting better. You know, our, our PKs, uh, you know, getting better. Overall, it's just, you know, a lot of things are improving. That's what you want to see um, coming full circle. And, you know, we're still kind of identifying what, um, we are as a team, and you know it takes a while for that um, identity to develop as as, you, as the season goes on, and you know you play more games. And um, you know for me, and um, you know being able to work with Mark and get all, a lot of our chemistry and uh, being together in preseason and this whole time as well is just I think only helps both of our games. Who do you credit these thirteen goals early on here to? Um, I don't know if I'd credit anybody. Just. Uh, yeah, just a lot of hard work and over in the summers and, um, you know, kind of preparing. I think it's a kind of culmination of 
you know, what I do uh, each off season, try to get better every year. And, um, you know, teammates, coaching staff, you know, we're playing really good hockey. Um, it's fun to be a part of. I like what you said there, Kyle, where you said you try to get better every year. Josh Morrissey said that to me about two years ago. He said that one of the misnomers in the National Hockey League is that, you know, when you're 26, 27, 28, people think that's who you are as a player. And yet all the players are working every offseason to get better so that when they're 30, 31, they're still evolving, still improving, still developing. Um, anything in particular you worked on this summer to, to do what you just said to keep getting better, even though you're a veteran? No, nothing in specific. Um, each year it's, uh, you know, just redefining, keep working on the same skills. It's, you know, it's another year under your belt, um, kind of understanding, uh, you know, the National Hockey League game. And, you know, for us, I think um, personally it was, you know, we threw a lot of different changes once Bones came in. And it was, uh, you know, we talked a lot more about getting defense involved and, um, you know, we didn't, you know, stress too much about the rush offense. And I think everybody in personally just feels more comfortable with the system this year. And um, I think that's kind of credit to, to my start and, um, you know, team overall. But as far as working on specific things in the summer, it, it's uh, it's everything. I try to be a really dynamic and not a one-dimensional, you know, goal scorer or player in itself. You know, so, it's, you know, taking pucks off through backhand, being able to, know shoot off there you know shoot off your left foot or right foot just a a ton of reps and um you know a ton of touches that you know hopefully prepares you for the season Uh, the winnipeg jets last i I checked today a top four right now in terms of analytics in in five on five play um what's worked so well uh with 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 the with the team i just think we're playing fast um like i said we're comfortable more in our system um, our D zone, we, we talk it out a lot more. You know, we watch, um, you know, endless amounts of clips of, you know, after each game of what we did wrong and, you know, what we can improve on. And, you know, big focal point of that is our D zone and, you know, kind of you talking it out and, and being comfortable with, you know, as a forward, whoever's the first guy back is, you know, that guy plays center. It's, it's way more quick that way rather than waiting for, you know, Mark to get back in the zone. And, um, you know, so, so little things like that, um, I think is, is, counted up and um, attributed to this, this start we have. I'm interested in what you said about the team and, and when Rick Bonus came in and the coaching change and the different style and the different system, it, it's kind of important too, like that that fans sort of see this and expect it right away. And, and they watched the, the great start last year and then uh, getting in in the wild card and, and the playoffs and stuff. And this year, it just seems like, can you talk a little bit about the fact that now that it, you've had that year and you go into your second year under the new system, under the new regime, what's being asked of you, how, how it, it does take time, right? Like much like you and Mark took some time to build some chemistry over the years, it takes time to sort of as a team get into what exactly the coaching staff want of you. Yeah, it does. I mean, he came in pretty hot, I think, last year and we started training camp. And, you know, it's it's getting that player-coach relationship of everybody on the team is just understanding, you know, how, to, how do I communicate with these guys? Because um, that, that's what you need is, is for you want a clear message from, from the coaching staff of what we're going on so there's no questions. And you're not going out there thinking about, you know, where you should be. It's almost second nature. You know, once you play way faster, um, you know, speaking personally, and I'm sure other other players on our team feel this way with, you know, you're not thinking about where I should be. It's just you know where to go. And then, um, you know, the skill kind of takes over at that point. Um, I, yeah, I think we've done a great job of that this year, being very clear about what's going on. How's Scott Arneal been doing um, with uh, Rick Bonus um, with his leave of absence? Yeah, tremendous. Everybody's been, 
you know, stepped up in a huge way. You know, obviously we missed Bones and, you know, wish him and Judy nothing but the best. And, you know, I can't wait for him to, him to get back to us whenever that happens. But, um, yeah, everybody stepped up and um, <clears throat> done a great job and kind of filled that role. And, you know, I'm sure a lot more video that goes on with a man short on the coaching staff, but um, they've, they've been awesome. Overall, is is change good? Like we we saw the change, and I'm not disparaging anybody that's not here anymore at all. But sometimes when it doesn't work, and you know we've had Adam Lowry on the program, Josh Morrissey, and they said, you know, we we've underachieved as a group four or five years. We want more out of out of this core, and and you sort of go this direction. Um, is there a little bit of change with the new guys coming in and, and familiarity with this system that maybe, you know, over the summer you go, I don't know what it's going to look like, but then you get into the season and see the start and you kind of realize that, you know, maybe we did need a, a few changes. Uh, I think the big thing was getting Mark and, and Connor resigned. Um, you know, you can really see a shift and, you know, when that happened in, in training camp, it was, there was so much of an unknown of what was going to happen. I mean, there are two, you know, your number one center and your number one goaltender, you know, are unrestricted for agent at the end of the year. It's like, are we going to, you know, wasn't sure of the direction of the franchise. And I think, you know, once that kind of happened, um, you can see a reshift in their mindsets almost. And I mean, they've both been awesome this year. And, um, you know, just to your point about bringing in the new guys, um, you know, they've, they've been great. You know, obviously Gabe's hurt, but we all know what type of player he is. And, you know, the start, and, you know, I was able to play with him throughout the preseason. He's, he's going to be a heck of a player. He's, he's a really good player. And obviously Alex and, uh, you know, the other guys that we brought in have, have done a great job to step up. So, um, yeah, it's, I think they've all done a really good job. It's interesting you said that because everybody's wondering as well, but then you, the players, are also. And then once it's solidified that, you know, this happens, it, it you know, the city feels good about those extensions because now mm-hmm. we know, like, we can keep some more star players here and, and everything. But it's interesting that you, the players, are, you know, you you focus on the game, but but you do pay attention to that, right? Like, you want to know where the organization is going. Yeah, you do, for sure. Um, whether you're a, a guy with one or two years on your deal or, you know, you're locked in for, for a couple more. You want to know if um, what's going on, the overall direction. You know, you don't think about it too much. Obviously, you got a job to do when you come to the rink, but you would like to know if um, where, where this organization sees you. Because, you know, nowadays you're, you're seeing so many organizations just, just tear down and just go for, go for picks and kind of rebuild that way if they don't like what they see. Um, or you got teams loading up and, um, you know, thinking they have a chance. So it's a very different different atmosphere when you know you're in that type of spot uh kyle i wanted to get your thoughts on the on the schedule so far in terms of days off practices game days how do you feel about it yeah yeah i have no complaints it's mm-hmm. been good yeah um and just uh, one quick one here uh the holiday visit i know you guys uh yesterday were at the rehabilitation center for children what was that like well it was awesome it's uh i always look forward to that day of the year uh, you know, bring bring a smile on those kids' face. Um, you know, we were talking to the nurses and you know the staff there, and this is something that you know this will give them something to talk about and, and look forward to for you know weeks and, and months that you know they were able to meet a player and kind of have an impact. You know, we we went went around the room to room, and you know some of them they we weren't able to come inside, so we you kind of walk by, and you, you wave to them, and you still see how much of an impact that that makes, and it's it's such a small part of our day that can make a huge impact. Um, it's, it's awesome. I'm very grateful to be able to do that. You talked about the familiarity with Mark Shifley. D- did you call for that puck on that backhand pass or did he just know that's where you'd be in the last game? 
I mean, I'm in that I'm in that situation that it feels like an eternity. I'm sitting there, but I, I know <laughs> he sees me. I'm, I'm just I'm just waiting. Um, it's just a matter of time. Like if, if I start calling for it, there's almost no point. It almost it draws more people to me. Like he does such a good job of scanning the ice and. And uh, he, it was funny, I said something to him on the bench and that, and he just had to set it a little bit on his back end. You can see right before he passes, he pushes it forward to be able to set it and get that crisp pass, dip it across. But, yeah, it was it was right in the wheelhouse, and it was an amazing pass. Yeah, yeah, I was at the game. It was an all right pass. It was okay. It I, saw, I saw him play with it a bit, and I'm like, is he going to see him or not? And then I'm like, well, of course he's going to see him. That's where Kyle is. But I'm like, that's funny you said it. It seemed like an eternity while you're waiting there, right? Yeah, it's. Yeah, he, he. There's no no need to really call for the pass when you're on the ice with Mark. You, if you're open, he'll see you. Kyle Connor, Winnipeg Jets forward, uh, joining us. Kyle, really appreciate you taking the time and and popping on and congrats on uh, congrats on the second star honor last week. Thanks. Good talking to you guys. Yeah, wait before we let you go. Are you gonna watch the Great Cup on Sunday? Uh, yeah, it depends on what time the Lions play, but I'm a big Detroit Lions fan. I'll have to check. What time's the great cup? Oh, well, Kyle, I'm a, bear, I'm, a, I'm, a bear, I'm a Bears fan, so they're playing each other this year. Sorry, we got to let you go. See you, buddy. Oh, and we're out of time. I was going to ask you about Jim Harbaugh and the Michigan Wolverines. Kyle, can't, don't have time for that. All right, he's gone. There you go. I'm just kidding, Kyle. It's at 5 o'clock. It's <laughs> the kickoff. A Lions fan, and they're playing the Bears this year or this wow, weekend. Wow, that's not looking. That doesn't sound it's good. A, it's at noon, so he'll catch both oh, games. Okay. But that was great. That was some great insight there on the team and where it's going and off to his heart's hot start and stuff. But a lot of good insight there of, of um, you know, not just his own game, but just how they are as a team and a unit. And it takes time, right? I think you're seeing that right now with this lineup and how they're playing, especially five on five. Yeah, you know, it does seem like everybody's kind of stepped up. You know, in, you know losing Rick Bonus. Um, as he took his leave of absence to to look after his wife, Judy. And of course, everybody wishes the best, but it seems like the team did sort of, uh, it, it was a galvanizing moment. You hate that it's something like that happens, um, but there has to be something that comes out of that that's a positive out of something that's that terrible, right? For sure. And and I loved what he said about um, just the fact that, you know, you're not thinking anymore of where you're supposed to be, what you're going to mm-hmm. be. You're more familiar with the system. You got, like he said, Rick Bonus came in hot last year. And um, I really like that because that's what they look like this year at five on five is that's why it's so good is they're no longer, you know, thinking, what am I supposed to do? Where am I supposed to go? It just becomes second nature, but that takes time, right? To settle into that. Yeah. No, I remember him saying at training camp, how did he feel about Rick? Oh, he's, he's a lot calmer this time around. You know what I mean? It's because he came in hot. He came in hot. He wanted the guys playing a certain way and that's how he got him going. Bones came in hot. I could see that. He left hot last year too. You could say that, but (laughs) yeah, you could add that um, too as well. Just some great insight there from a, from one of the elite players and, and all this week, that's all I've seen around the hockey world from every podcast and stuff is still the most unheralded superstar in the National Hockey League is Kyle Connor. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. Let's take a break. Let's come back on the other side, 204-780-6868. 204-780-6868. This texture says Kyle Connor is actually a lot more forthcoming than the majority of players these days. Credit to him. Yeah, no, uh, he's been good. You know why? When the Jets... When we get I love Jets, that insight that he was giving us. When we get Jets players on the show, I feel like we... I feel like they give us a little bit more, honestly. And like when they come on the radio, it's not like in well, the middle of a scrum and it's in a lot a scrum, more comfortable. You're trying to get the question yeah. and get to everybody's question. And there's a lot of certain yeah. time and stuff here. It's just, that's why we love having players on. It's more of a conversation. We get more insight. I mean, every player we've had on has been great. He's yeah. been great. Lowry, Morrissey, Neil, uh, Morgan Iof- Barron last year. Neil, I follow so far yeah, this year they've too. been great. I yeah. follow is awesome. So we'll try and get more players on. Yeah. Let's take a break. Let's come back on the other side. 204-780-6868. I Lions found that. fan though. 
Wow, what do you expect from Michigan? Oh. Uh, I mean, this is their year, so good for him. But finally, um, what's their record in the playoffs over the last century? Uh, I don't know. Just what's the over under this weekend against the Bears? Uh, I pulled. I found that clip about uh, from Kenny Lawler in reference to <laughs> Edmonton being a free agent. We're just hoping we win a game. To the Elks. We'll be right back. I'll play that for you when we come back. Jets at noon on six eight CJOB. When you've made that jump up from the AHL and to spend most of the year at the NHL. I know you had a couple of stints last year, but uh, is it a, a real mental hurdle to have to overcome kind of, you know, you made the step forward, not two steps back? A um, little bit, I would say. Uh, but, you know, you're you're a hockey player. You're, you you have to be a pro. You have to learn how to deal with it. Uh, you know, it's, it's not always going to go your way. So just trying to learn from it. That was Axel Janssen. If you all be following practice today, uh, he was on a fourth line with Morgan Barron and David Gustafson. So he's going to find his way back into the role after uh, Rasmus Kapari is going to be missing somewhere or along the lines of uh, yesterday's associate coach Scott Arneal said four to six weeks, five to seven weeks. It's going to be somewhere between four and seven uh, with a shoulder injury before uh, Rasmus Kapari returns to the Winnipeg Jets lineup. So uh, kind of a wide window there. But wait and see. And that was uh, Axel Janssen. If you all be uh, speaking to Kelly Moore, um, uh, 680CGOB's uh, Kelly Moore as well. Billy Hainala spotted in the dressing room after practice. No update on uh, a timeline for his return as well. So as promised earlier on in the show, I I read, uh, Jim, I read this uh, tweet from Derek Taylor, who I'm sure was just giggling to himself as he <laughs> typed this into his phone and then put it out on X. Uh, but he goes, Kenny Lawler, when asked if he would have advice for a player who's going to free agency, and, well, this was Kenny Lawler's response. We'll, we'll play this. What should I be thinking of? What would you tell the young Don't go to Edmonton and, um, um, um. Is that Claro's? Yeah. Claro, <laughs> man. <laughs> Who's that in the background? It's Zach Caleros. Uh, he did a, a presser with him, and uh, he's giggling in the back. <laughs> I think the there's. Said, ah, I ah, haven't ah. seen the actual video clip, but I think I think there's like a doom doom. There's a like a shh from Caleros <laughs> in there at some point there. So don't go to Edmonton. Advice uh, advice to live by. Do not go to Edmonton. Kenny Lawler. Well, I mean, he had a rough time there. And uh, of course, we all know what's going on in Edmonton, so I don't blame him for saying that. But that's that's pretty funny. Uh, Axel Janssen Fialbi, by the way, five points, three goals in ten games with the Moose. Um, just some really good depth there coming in. Yeah. For that uh, interesting tonight with the awards. Who do you like? I I don't know. I don't. I I'm trying not. I, well, I I'm I, not a homer, but I'm trying not to be one. I just I don't see how Brady Oliveira does not win this tonight. And I know no. the season Chad Kelly had. I, I, I don't see the majority of the vote of the people who are voting on this not picking Chad Kelly. Was he the most outstanding player? I think when you have a team that finishes with that record, thousand yards receiving. I'm with you on that. Like I'm workhorse. Like it's like I 100% believe it's Brady Oliveira. But I think when you see a team win the amount of games that the Argos did when they have that record. I think I, the, get that, yeah. I think the quarterback just gets inserted into that spot. That's what, I, I, and that's I, what I'm, I'm wondering. Most, most times, not every time, but most times I think that's what happens. Fair enough. Well, Jamarcus I'm, Hardrick might be a sleeper for offensive line. Yeah, I like that too. I do. Yeah. But I, I'm, I don't know. I just have this feeling that Oliveira pulls it out. I, I think his season was too dynamic to 
Too outstanding if I can. If Jamarcus Hardrick wins, that might be an indication that Brady Oliveira de- uh, wins because he's the offensive line representative of the guys that Toronto had a for, great year, don't get me yeah. wrong. And Chad Kelly was really impressive his first year as a starter. I just don't know. I, I mean, Oliveira, to Doug Brown's point, literally won them games in the fourth quarter with eight minutes to go. He literally would continuously get the first downs, continuously solidify the win. Jim told to take you all the way till three o'clock. That's it for Maybe me. I should have voted. Thank you very much, Jeffrey Fortier. For, they didn't send me a ballot. What the heck? Thank you very much, Jeffrey Fortier, for producing the show. That's it for me. Black Steve Dumbarton. Chats at noon on six eight CJOB.